if you look real closely, most overnight successes took a long time. That wasn't by me, that was by Steve Jobs. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of that visionary. So, welcome to episode three of the Fitpreneur Guide podcast. And today we're talking about how to start a fitness business. So, this topic I believe is going to be relevant if you're still at that very beginning stage of being a fitpreneur. I'm going to talk about a lot of the, the decisions that I made at that time. And hopefully, it will help you with your decisions if you are also in the process of making those same decisions. So the first thing that I get asked a lot is getting certified, right? So that's usually the first question. Hey, if you want to become a personal trainer or a fitness coach, you know, what certifications are the best? Maybe you already have one. Maybe you already have like a specific form of exercise that you like, like Pilates or yoga or boot camps. That's cool, um, but personally, what I did at the beginning is obviously I wanted to have a, a, a foundational personal certification. And of course, there's quite a few out there, right? There's NASM, there's ACE, NSCA, ISSA, you name it. They're all good, I believe, right? And I believe the contributing factor for me to taking the National Academy of Sports Medicine certification was that it was highly recognized. I think when I was looking at what typical gyms would be looking for in uh, certifications, that's one of like the major ones. And I also heard it's a very reputable one as far as like it gives you a good foundation in terms of knowing, um, you know, your typical fitness uh, principles, strength training principles and all that. And actually, it, it was pretty good. I liked the foundation that I got um, at that time. This is like after I graduated from college. So I already had a lot of science background and I've been into working out, obviously, by this time I already had my fitness transformation. So, it uh, most of the stuff I know most of the time, it's just that some of the formal terms for the different kind of muscle groups or different um, ways that you move your body, right? Eccentric, eccentric, <laughs> those are the same. But you, you know what I'm talking about, like the, the jargon. Um, I guess is what I ultimately learned, which your clients won't really care or won't know what the difference is. Um, it's actually better if you know the jargon and then be able to translate that into teaching your clients, right? In terms of their applying it in their own fitness uh, journey. So that's that for getting certified. Obviously, you got to have some kind of certification to have some kind of foundation and also kind of build your confidence. And if you, we're going to talk about the business model next. If you end up, this, this say, starting to be an employee first at a big box gym, obviously, you're going to need one of those in order to work there. So let's talk about the business model. So Obviously, being an employee is not a business model, but it is an option if you're just starting out and you're looking to, one, continue learning 
into get paid while you're learning, right? So that's always a good idea. And I'll talk about like capital and funding and all that afterwards. But if you're just starting out and you need some experience and or you want, and I highly recommend that you get more experience if you don't already have them. And if you don't already have clients that you're working with at the moment, that would be a great first start. It's a good training ground because you get to work with a lot of different types of people. And so then you're also developing your skills and your experience. I think it's a good way to go. I didn't personally do it because I, you know, the financial side of things was really good at that time. And I'll talk about that after um, I talk about the business model. So other business models you can do is outdoor, an outdoor boot camp, which is actually what I started with. Or you can also start at somebody else's gym, right? So typically other gyms, if they have the space, they can, um, they typically would hire or hire, rent out to personal trainers that have their own clients and you can basically train your clients there without having to pay for your own facility, which can be costly, especially if you're just starting out, right? So you can do outdoors, you can do it at somebody else's gym, or you can work um, at a big box gym as an employee first. So those are all good ways. It just all depends on some of the other things that I'm going to talk about today. So also in terms of the format of your programs it could be of course one-on-one can be group it can be small group i started with with group classes or boot camps because again at that time this was back in 2009 outdoor boot camps were the rage and so and then it was around summertime when i started and i was living in northern california so it's mostly sunny over there so it's it's pretty um conducive to do outdoor um fitness classes or even yoga at the park if you're a yoga instructor right so that could be an option and of course there's also virtual now right which didn't really exist as an option back when i was starting out so that could be a really good um kind of like in between or even to start with virtual is also a good idea so a lot of that will get down to your preference Uh, for me i knew that doing one-on-one was not gonna be a good fit because i get easily bored um and i also know that from a financial perspective that having a group class right is more you have more net profit because you're getting paid more for like one session. So if you had like 10 people in one boot camp class, obviously you're going to get paid more than if you just had one client um, doing that session. There's always a trade-off with everything, right? So if you like one-on-one more, and let's say you're starting to be more in demand, you can always raise your rates um, that way. So you're trading the time, the access for more money, basically, right? So, um, and then in terms of the location, so I wasn't outdoors for very long because obviously after summer, you know, fall happens and it starts to rain a little bit more, it starts to be a little cool 
the ground doesn't dry uh, quickly, right? Um, especially in the mornings and those really, really early, early morning uh, classes. And it's still dark, you know, so all those things come into play when you're outdoors. And so around maybe the five or six month mark, I actually started taking my morning classes in rented space at a boxing gym. So they weren't open at that time yet because they're usually open at night. And so I was able to rent that space uh, for my morning sessions. And then at some point, as part of my marketing, and we'll talk about marketing at some point, of course, it's going to be important. As part of my marketing, I actually partnered with the Community Recreation Center where I advertised my group classes on the actual uh, newsletter that they send out to the entire city. And basically, I got uh, paid, I think it was like per... Uh, as a certain percentage, right? It's not a, a big money-making thing, but it's, I did it more for marketing. And so I did it for my evening sessions because not only did the city provide an inside location, I also got paid while I was marketing. And then those people that actually took my classes through the city recreation newsletter they actually became clients and most of them like I still know up until today and that was like 14 years ago so it's definitely worth it to to do something like that um, in between and then of course I think at around the year and a half mark I was able to get my own location at that time so in terms of financial things to consider so so if you have capital things can be very different, right? You could literally start, I I think I kind of estimated, I've opened a couple more locations after my first location, like a few years later. And it's about $20,000 really to start a location. And that will include everything from the deposit that you put in for the rent for the facility and the you know any anything that you might need to do to the facility like renovations um i use ikea a lot <laughs> um and also like the floor right the floor and the equipment flooring is huge in the fitness industry obviously because um that's that's you you have to invest in good flooring and we used um those horse mats like they're very thick and heavy but they do the job well. So um, that's a pretty good kind of inexpensive way to do flooring for a gym. So anyway, um, financial things to consider. I digress, of course. I like just get excited about talking about these things. So depend depending on how much capital, access to capital you have, it will somewhat dictate the business model you decide to do, right? I decided to do outdoors because even though I had savings from having had a job for the last couple of years and then my husband uh, was in the Air Force, so we were both working. We didn't have kids yet. We had a dog, right? And so there weren't many other responsible financial responsibilities that we had to worry about at this time and so that's why i was able to not 
work as an employee as at a big box gym or as a trainer at a big box gym at the beginning and, and be able to start my own even though it's outdoors and I chose the outdoors because of the minimal uh, capital investment at the beginning and then I kind of just slowly worked my way up, up to having a physical my own physical location right so that's something that you want to consider is like how much runway do you have in terms of capital and how long it's going to last right so that's going to somewhat dictate the business model that you do and then um let's see also your skill sets and your preferences will also help dictate that business model right so like again for me like i knew that one-on-one coaching was not for me but as i grew the business um then i had team members that uh would love to do one-on-one and because they want to make more money right and also there's also small group right so or private training Where it's like a kind of like an in-between. It's not completely one-on-one. It's still very personal because it's like a small group or of two to four people. And so that's also another way. So do you do you like, so this is where your preferences go and kind of like per, your personality choices go, right? Um, and, and it will help determine kind of like what kind of training program that you actually focus on building and i would recommend at the very beginning at the most do two types of training so it's maybe e- it's either group and small group or small group and one-on-one or big group and one-on-one because then you can have like a variety of people that you can ultimately work with so an example would be you could have the big classes in the early mornings and then you can have the evening classes uh the the big evening classes as well and then in between because there's less people available during the day because most people work a nine to five then you can see one-on-one clients during the day right there's not going to be that many of them because again most people work a nine to five so that's there's many different ways i would recommend that maybe after you listen to this episode that you write down what are my preferences uh, and also what what are your skill sets right does your skill set match more like a one-on-one training right now because you want to be able to focus and customize your routines for your clients and you're still practicing your own skills and expertise right or would you rather would you think that that fast pace like boot camp style 45 minute class um it is also suitable for you because you're high energy uh you can move pretty fast you can coach clients pretty quickly you learned your your fitness coaching skills uh pretty early and pretty quickly and so you you you, you feel comfortable in that environment and coaching people in a in a big group setting right so uh, again for me it um my choice of doing group boot camps at the very beginning was influenced by my experience of doing those kind of tabata style workouts functional movements and around that time that was also the most popular and that was what i was exposed to so i was already used to it so i was very comfortable teaching a big group class uh, doing that 
So yeah, those are the things that I would uh, look at. So certification, what business model do you want to do? Um, choose your first two, your top two kinds of training that you want to uh, focus on and build those, right? So group, small group, one-on-one, or do you want to train people at uh, a gym first? Also, consider what I haven't mentioned as well is consider maybe even taking a sales position at the big box gym. That's something that I should have thought about back in the day uh, because eventually when you have your own business and you have your own facility, having a sales system is going to be important, obviously, right? So that's also another option if you want to kind of learn the different aspects of having your own business because all marketing sales and of course your own skills of actually being able to coach clients with their fitness all of those are going going to come into play when you're in business for yourself so um that's gonna be it to do before you uh, listen to the next episode if um, it has already come out by the time that you uh, listen to this uh episode three so certification what are the top two business models you want to focus on and then consider also the access that you have to capital right and and how that's and then your skill sets and your preferences and how those are going to come into play as to what business model you decide to go with so on the next episode i'll talk about one of the most important things i learned at the very beginning of my fitpreneur journey and it's about time management and how I have improved it over the years as my business grew. So when you listen to the next episode, you'll find out why it's important to uh, learn this at the very beginning and also how it can accelerate your fitpreneur success. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Fitpreneur Guide. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes and don't forget to share the show with your Fitpreneur bestie. Also, follow at Fitpreneur underscore guide on Instagram for free resources and to ask your burning questions. Stay tuned for more amazing episodes as we rock our Fitpreneur journey together.